hey passengers, Josh here, just wanted to give you a content warning for this episode. We do discuss some sexual violence from a media source that we mentioned in this episode. And if you just don't want to hear that conversation, that's going to be closer to the end of the episode when we get into talking about Joss Whedon. Otherwise, just feel free to skip this entire episode. I understand. But thank you and hopefully see you on the next flight. Welcome to Into the Cockpit, that show that doesn't have a set intro or opening, so I can start this however I want. He's Justice. I'm Josh. And today we talk about stuff. Stuff. Shit. I wasn't prepared for stuff. You didn't bring any topics to the table? Not a one. I got like three. Go ahead. Okay, first up, Initial D. Like, I've been binge-watching this anime, and it's all because a streamer we watched did content about a racing management game, and I was like, yeah. Initial D is so good. So I started restarted Initial D. I've seen all of season one before. Stage one, as they call it. Yeah. I've seen all of stage one, stage two, stage three before. But now I've seen all of stage one, two, three, and four, along with extra stage one. Oh, yeah. I'd seen extra stage. But still need to see extra stage two, fifth stage, and final stage. But unfortunately, fifth stage and final stage aren't available in America in any way legally. And extra stage two is hard to find legally. If you don't know what Initial D is... You do know what Initial D is. You've seen the memes. You've heard the music. Deja vu. I've just been in this place before. I am on the street and I know it's my time to go. Yeah, that thing. God, I love Initial D. Also, the music's so good. I will say, it starts to get a little samey. Most sports things do. Uh, fuck you. IQ doesn't. No, no, they, they, they are samey. They just know how to pace their action points. We were watching Initial D, and yet at one point you were like, what if the entire back half of the season was just this one race? And I was like, IQ did it. I'm sure they could get away with it. True, IQ did it, but also IQ exists in a time when there is, you know, better animation, so they focus a lot more on the action shots than Initial D does in general compared to IQ. So Haikyuu really, really, I think, for that entire season, very much lives on the big inertial moments. Yeah, 100%. With a few flashbacks here and there tied into it. Also, initially, especially the early seasons, if you haven't seen any of it, the CGI for the cars is just terrible. It's It's really good for the time, but that time is the late 90s, so it's it's not good for CGI, but it is good for television. It's like PS1 racing car graphics. Like, I'm thinking Driver. It's better than Driver. I don't know about that. No, no, it, it is actually better than Driver. It's not good, but I'd say it's better than most other, like... You should Google some screenshots from Driver 1 and Driver 2. I, I know what they look like. If you're talking about just the general polygonal shape of the vehicle looking basically the same, yes. But in motion, Driver looks a lot worse. Oh, I was just talking about how the cars look, like, in general. Then, yeah, because it uses, like, the same rendering process. But I was talking about in the form of also its animation, not just rendered object, but the CGI animation. It is nice, though, watching Initial D. And, like, because the seasons are so separated by time. Like, I think the first season is, like, 98 or 97. And the second season is 2001. Yeah. And, the, and Extra Stage is, like, 2002. And mm-hmm. Stage 3, the movie, is, like, 2003 or 4. And then Stage 4 is, like, 2005 or 6. Yeah, something like that. And, like, you could just see the cars get prettier and prettier. Up until the point where, like, in Stage 4, they actually look fucking good. Yeah, they actually look very good there. Like, I could actually look at the car and be like, oh, I recognize what that's supposed to be now. Because of that, I am tempted to watch Initial D Legends, which is just three movies retelling, like, the first season. From the mid-2000s, yeah. But with, like, the fourth stage. No, Legends is from, like, the late... The 2010s? It's like from the 20, back of the 2010s, I think. I think it started 2016. Yeah. So Initial D is amazing. I haven't, I haven't been watching any new anime, although apparently Slime got... Yeah, a, Slime has its new uh, stuff. Slime got an award from Crunchyroll for Best Fantasy. I don't care about Crunchyroll awards. And then Attack on Titan won Best Overall. And I don't care about Crunchyroll awards. Yeah, so... 
in that anime about that girl who can't talk, uh, that got best comedy. Oh, Komi-san can't communicate. Yeah, that one. I was um, I was thinking a silent voice. Oh yeah, no, I, I would have known a silent voice by name. Yeah, that, I mean that was like that's weird. That's from 2016. Yeah, uh, Komi-san can't communicate. Only got its anime in last less, year. Less year. Yeah. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an amusing read. I've never fucking watched it. Yeah, so that was my first topic. Did you not? Did you really not bring any topics to the table? No, I I did. Okay, that was cool. a joke. I, I, did, I, I was afraid I had to carry the whole thing. And I lied. I have like four topics. <laughs> cool, cool. Though Initial D was also one of my topics, so. Oh. And then you just bogarted everything about it, so, you know. Oh, what do you want to say about it? Nothing anymore. No, we can, we can talk the finer points of Initial D. I just don't really want to spoil it because I think it's... No, nah, um, I just actually am really tempted to read the manga that is apparently set in the same world as... I mean, it's technically like a continuation that just started like this year. Oh, sweet. I didn't know there was. I told you about it three times already. My memory, like a still trap. One that does not have its spring. Just sits there and everything goes right through it. I just assumed it had rushed it shut. Or it's like a sift trying to hold water. That's a better analogy. Yeah. No, it's um, it's a motorcycle racing. Sweet. That yeah. sounds awesome. I need to catch up on Blue Box, which is the manga I'm reading right now. Yeah, I haven't read anything in quite a while, actually. Yeah, Blue Box is manga. The only, Blue Box is the only manga I'm reading. I'm not actually watching any anime other than Initial D. I'm trying to figure out where to watch Stage Five and Stage Six because yeah, that's kind of difficult to do unless you want to watch it legally. I just which... don't like. I don't mind pirating stuff when it's not available. Okay, yeah, like, but also as like an adult with well, it, I my laptop's a piece of shit. Eh. My laptop is garbage. True. And my computer's too nice. Don't want to risk it. Yeah. Like, it's like my laptop, piece of shit, wouldn't care, but it's going to take forever to watch any single episode. Yeah. My computer, my desktop, I just put together like two and a half years ago, three years ago now, maybe. No, it's like two and a half. Yeah. And that thing is still like really good specs. And actually, because of the like shortage on chips, it's actually like a great PC right now. It's worth more now than it was when I built it. Which is not how technology works. The world is broken. So I don't want to risk my computer that I can't replace parts on Yeah, to watch anime illegally. Yeah, and I use my laptop for making emotes and editing podcasts sometimes. Yeah, speaking of emotes, also if, playing you, the if you need games. emotes done for your Twitch channel. No, <laughs> but I've also recently restarted Freaks and Geeks because it's been forever since I watched it. I was just like, that sounds good. And you got me into it. I'm five episodes in now. Yeah. And this show is fucking amazing. I've never seen it. Like, there's this list of, like, teen drama comedies that I want to go back and watch. And, like, Freaks and Geeks is on there. Skins is on there. Degrassi. Degrassi Next Generation. Zoe 101. All these, like, seminal pieces. Eventually, even, like, Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. And One Tree Hill. Like, those are also on my list eventually to go back and touch. Makes sense. But, yeah. So, you got me into Freaks and Geeks. And, I, like, I would have started this so much sooner if I'd known it was only 18 episodes. Like, yeah, no. It's it's one season. I haven't touched Skins because, like, it's it's dauntingly long. Yeah, like, no. It's, like, four or five seasons. Freaks and Geeks is super short because they offered Jed Apatow a lot less money for production budget. And, apparently, he was just like, nah, because then I can't make the show I want. So they just didn't. Also, I want to catch up on Shameless. Oh, the original Skins is seven seasons. I misspoke. Like I said, dauntingly long. 61 episodes. It's not that long. When, like, if you think about it in the grand scheme of things, like, I have attempted to retackle Naruto and attempted yeah. to tackle One Piece. I will say Naruto, I can get pretty far in. By pretty far, I mean, like, I consistently get to the tuning exam and then I kind of, like, just drop off. Yeah. And with One Piece, I can, like, get... Five episodes deep, maybe? To, like, Zoro, and that's about it. I think that's legitimately about five episodes deep. 
hate. It's like ten or eleven, actually. There are like when I was... forgot how long we spend on the first island with Usopp. I hate Usopp. I hate Usopp. Fight me, people. Usopp comes after Zoro. Zoro's the first crew member. You're right. So actually, no, you're so, right. Zoro is like five through, like yeah. four through six. So, so you get to ten. You get to Usopp and it just yeah, stops. You, you lose interest because it's just like, I don't give a fuck about this guy. Yeah, the mesmerist that walks backwards and like. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know One Piece is good. Like, I know it's definitively good. It has bad spots. Yeah. Like, nobody's uh, nobody's ever defended Skypiea. I got a lot farther in One Piece when I was younger, when I read the manga as it was coming out. Yeah, because, same Because, you know. As a kid, that was easier. Like, dude, I want to, I want to watch Empire Down so badly. Like, that arc is so good. Yeah, like I legitimately reading it, I made it all the way to Impel Downs, and then Shonen Jumps like shuttered their service. Yeah, they stopped printing physical magazines in the United States, and I didn't have internet at the time, so uh, I stopped reading One Piece. But I legitimately read all the way from the beginning of One Piece to Impel Downs, and uh, I just can't watch it. Man, when Portuguese when Portuguese the Ace dies there, but then we find out that he didn't really die because he appears again two hundred episodes later. Uh- yeah. I don't know how long it is exactly before he reappears, but he doesn't actually die there. Spoilers for anybody who's not started One Piece yet. That thousand episode yeah. journey. Yeah. We got on this anime tangent. You were you were saying you wanted to say something about Initial D, and you never did. I did. Oh, okay. My bad. I mentioned that I'm looking forward to like reading the manga. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm stupid. My my, my ma- Four my... times. I've mentioned it to him four times, and he's forgotten now. My brain. Sift. Water. Did you have an additional topic to bring, or uh not really i mean i started watching freaks and geeks because i wanted something to watch randomly and i don't want to watch anything else about home design shows it's okay i was flipping through hulu the other night while playing pokemon and i almost restarted yu yu Hakusho. (sighs) i have a really nasty habit of like starting or restarting like nostalgia animes yeah, I don't do that that often. That's why I've watched Bakuman five, four, five, four, four times all the way through. Yeah, but I wouldn't call that one so much a nostalgia thing because I don't watch it for nostalgia. It's like I want to re-experience a great story. It's been eleven years since I originally experienced Bakuman and still. Yeah, but I'm saying I wouldn't call it a nostalgia thing because I don't. It's not something I let sit long enough to like acquire or accumulate that's this fair, yeah, nostalgia that, that, around fair. it. I re-experience it enough often that it doesn't have time to sit and gather these rosy memories around. It. I'm just like, now nah, that thing was dope. I'm gonna go fucking read it again, or I'm gonna go watch it again. Okay, topic two that I'm bringing to the table carrying all the weight this show i um, mentioned freaks and geeks we passed over and that was it i had a topic we talked about it did you have more to say on it did you i, I guess did not you have more to say about judd apatow's like seminal teen drama i like, mean that launched the careers of a thousand people yeah maybe maybe that part that we didn't talk about at all because you were just like oh yeah you got me watching that and then now i'm gonna run off about how i need to watch degrassi and stuff and all those and now let's get back to anime because that's what you did when i brought up my topic i'm sorry i'm sorry and then you complain that i don't have topics freaks and geeks what more did you have to say Nothing anymore. It's gone from my head. I legitimately had something. I don't remember it anymore. I don't believe you. <laughs> I did. You I just think... steamrolled it from my brain, though. Trying to make conversation. You can back and forth me here. I tried, and then you just steamrolled on to about no. Naruto and One Piece and skins. I don't know why you're judging skins so harshly. I didn't. I just... Like, I, I was on, you're saying I was, the name no, no, like it's venomous. Yeah, no, no. I just was on a roll with the way I was saying the names, and like the third one that clicked on my head was just skins. That's the next one I thought of. I was like, well, the way I was saying this, the next one gets set up with derision. It just happened to be skins. Rude. Eh. So, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty dropped on MTG Arena today. Translation. Magic the Gathering set. I really have like literally nothing to say. It's got some cool stuff for like Commander, maybe. Some... It has some really dope art, and that's <sighs> it. The art in the set, like the alternate arts, are all so good. Not all of them. Some like most of them. Like ninety percent of the alternate arts are just. Yeah, no, a lot of the art's really cool. Once again, like I think I've mentioned several times with Magic stuff, I'm not interested in playing the new set because I'm not interested in playing Magic at Fair. the cost of more money. Yeah, 100% understand? Yeah. It's got some cool stuff for Commander and Popper. I'm going to probably do some drafts of it later this weekend on Arena. 
Yeah, makes sense. I have free draft tokens I should use. Oh, yeah, they give you those, don't they? You can win them, and you can also get them for completing your Mastery Pass, so... Yes, they give them to you, then, yeah. technically. Yeah, you can also buy them with pre-release kits, pre-release bundles, that's what it is. Mm, I have legitimately no idea. Yeah. Is that all you had to say about uh, Magic Ma- the Gathering? Oh, yeah, that's everything I had to say about Magic. <laughs> I can't... Like, it's weird, like... So, spoiler season starts, and I want to get excited. Understandable, But then I, guess. I just remember how garbage Arena is... Yeah, and yeah. like my assignment peters off because I don't have a local store to play at, and like I don't want to sp- actually spend money to play anymore. Like, okay, so just let me get this clear: your topic for Kamigawa was mentioning Kamigawa and then moving on from Kamigawa. Yes, would I be the magic guy on the podcast if I didn't mention the new set? I guess not. I don't know if this show needs a magic guy, though. No, no. I don't know if life needs a Magic the Gathering my guy. Niche, my niche on this podcast is the guy who likes Magic the Gathering and wrestling, and you're the guy that likes anime a lot. Yeah, you're the one that generally brings it up. Yeah, I think it's just because when I find an anime I like, I talk about it more. Because when you talk about it, you're talking to me, so like you'll sit, you'll mention it, and I'll fo- totally forget it like two days later and be like, oh what were you watching yeah i guess i don't know i've been playing some ukulele recently the uh, first one or the second one the first one because impossible layer is a platformer that i'm not super interested in ah uh, yes I, I remember that yeah. yeah so ukulele for people who don't know is equivocally just a spiritual successor to the bando kazooie games from the early 64 by rare and the xbox 360 game yes but that one's not banjo kazooie nuts and volts that one's bad though and we don't talk about that the one. single best entry in the entire series so ukulele is literally basically just that game but we couldn't get rights to those characters and honestly it's actually pretty fun the biggest fucking problem with it though is everything feels so fucking empty mm, yeah. which isn't helped by the idea that you can collect more of your collectible items to expand the worlds that you go to which just means i have to do more work to make the area bigger and assumably the bigger area is just as empty but now there's even more emptiness it feels like the opposite of psychonauts i like i only recently started playing psychonauts like everywhere in that game feels like there's something to find or discover yeah, there, there's fucking something going on even if it's just like a dumb little fucking sign or a joke but like ukulele if it's that empty that's kind of like skyrim syndrome right where like the world is very big but very yes. very empty there's just a However, lot of nothing ever at least skyrim has trees <laughs> And some different land textures. Ukulele enter a world, it's just the same throughout with very little to break it up. The music's nice, though. I mean, fuck yeah. I mean, Banjo-Kazooie music was dope, and like I said, spiritual successor, so it has a very similar soundtrack. I do want to retract a previous statement. I was joking when I said Notes and Bolts was the best Banjo game. Oh, obviously. Banjo-Tooie is the best Banjo game. I will not be hearing arguments at this time. The only argument you will ever get from anybody is, I know a lot of people think Kazooie is better. Yeah, but they're wrong. Yeah, I agree. Tui was better. Tui gave you more, like, stuff to do with Kazooie, and also gave you more transformations and stuff that were really cool, like Dinosaur Banjo. Oh, God. Yeah. Also, you have transformations in ukulele, but you have to find a fucking collectible, basically. Take it back, and then you can do your transformation. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if I remember correctly, in Banjo, Kazooie, and Banjo Tui, you didn't do that. You just fucking found Mumbo. Yeah. Uh, who was not... generally pretty easy to find. You, like, rescued him from an enemy. No, Mumbo didn't transform you. Uh... Oh, Wumba. Yeah you found Wumba. Wumba transformed Yeah, you. so not even that. Mumbo gave you a different item sometimes? Uh, you could play as Mumbo. Oh yeah, you transform into him. And- he does just, he just has different abilities and stuff. Yeah, in, in the Aries. And then Wumba turns you into different creatures, like washing machines, Yeah, T-Rexes. for things that you need to do in it. And for this, there are. You don't have to get the fucking collectibles. 
mm-hmm. that are needed with the uh, transformative power. But I mean, obviously you want to, you know or that's supposed to be part of the game. You know what's insane? I don't like platformers. And yeah. I don't like, like, I honestly just don't like platformers, which Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, I don't know about Nuts and Bolts and never played it. It's not good. Uh, um, I, I just watched a friend play it a bunch. It's not that good. We have it. I didn't know we had it. We have it. I got it. I got it for like two bucks from a friend. Yeah. So those games are platformers. I, I spent so much time playing those and actually have really good memories of those games. And I don't like platformers. Yeah. I think the same is for, the same can be said for Mario 64. Like, I like that game. I liked playing that game. It just, why? Why are, why are those... Why are early 3D platformers notably more fun than most platformers? Well, because I don't think you've played a lot of 3D platformers. Okay. Outside of those, I just think you don't like 2D platformers. That's 100% a true statement. So I think it's just the fact that you don't mind 3D platformers, and in fact, you can find them enjoyable, but the majority of platformers are 2D, which is something you dislike. That's a very fair point. Do you know what type of games I do enjoy, though? No. Role-playing games? I was going to say bad ones, but okay. I mean, that's true, too, to an extent. I love Turok and Turok 2, and those games are notably terrible. I don't know yeah. I don't know why why those games have the cult following they do. Including... Because you're a guy running around killing dinosaurs, which makes people happy. Dude, Turok 2 is so good. I don't care. Like, that game is so much fun. Weird alien dinosaurs. Kill them all you want, I guess. Yeah, reptilians. Isn't Mark Zuckerberg one of those? <laughs> he is. But I was bringing up RPGs because back in October, actually the end of October, Square Enix released a game called Voice of Cards. Yes. The Isle of the Dragon's Roar. And the game was aesthetically beautiful. The music was very good. The story was actually amazing. Like I was surprised at how like comedic it could be while still maintaining a serious tone throughout most of it. Yeah. And honestly, one of my favorite RPGs I've played recently, in recent years. Understandable. And the sequel comes out literally next week. Yeah, it's fucking surprising. Square Enix was just like, hey, we have a sequel. Here you go. Like, that sequel was in development before the first game came out, 100%. There's no other way to explain it, right? Like, that had to be in development. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely was. Like, you can't not have it have been in development. I should mention, it's not like a story-based sequel. It's... Set in the world. It's set in the engine, the world, like, mechanics of Voice of Cards. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. They're not even full-price games. Voice of Cards 1 was 30 bucks. This one's also 30 bucks. Oh, damn. So Does this one also have Yoko Taro working on it? Yes, and it has even more, like, it has a bunch of Nier Automata DLC stuff attached to it, like... Oh, crazy. Skins and stuff, and... Yeah. Damn, very nice. Uh, there's an entire Nier Automata soundtrack for it, where, like, it's the entire game's music redone as if it was Nier music. I'm down with that. Nier's <laughs> music is fantastic. So, I'm, like, super excited about voice of cards they just announced it on twitter like three or four days ago i was like oh hey guys this comes out next week damn very nice and that is actually a really good time to the other topic i had because i didn't have topics coming in. I, I totally fucking did i watched a nintendo direct the other day i did not watch most of that nintendo direct yeah no there are some things that i definitely think look very hype actually again you might be interested in if you want to give i don't know 3d platformers another try the new kirby game is a 3d platformer the first kirby 3d like open world platformer i have only twice played a kirby game in my life i knew you played kirby in the magic mirror is that the one where it's like four players and no then probably not i've seen you play magic mirror I don't think you have. I don't know if you finished it, but I've seen you play it. When? What What even console is that for? It was a game you definitely got entirely legally, and you were playing it on your computer, because that's, I remember that's when I initially asked you if I could get where I could get things legally from. Definitely not. Yes. I've never played that game yes. on my computer. I've never downloaded any yes. kind of ROMs of that game. That would be illegal. And also, I definitely haven't done that. Like, not even, like, jokingly, like... 
I have never played a Kirby game on a computer in my life. I might have booted it up to see if the game was, but I've never actively played a Kirby game by myself. I have played Kirby Air Ride, and I've played a Kirby game on the Wii that was like three or four players, and like, if you fell off the... There was floating fruits, and mm. yeah, I don't even know what that game was. It was a lot of fun. But the new Kirby game looks cool if you want to give three new platformers a chance, plus it's Kirby, and Kirby's fantastic. Is it? Kirby's fantastic, yes. Even if we're not talking about the video games, the Kirby television show, despite being dumb, was fantastic. No, the Kirby, the Kirby animated series was actually amazing. God, yeah, so Kirby is it's fantastic. so good. Kirby, so. Kirby is so good. Also, I genuinely hate sports games, but I know I enjoyed the previous versions of this game. The new Mario Strikers? The new Mario Strikers, hell yeah. Yeah, apparently a lot of people were surprised by that. Yes, because... It's been over a decade and a half since the last one? Well, that, and also um, the Mario sports games actually kind of dropped in quality. I, I heard the newest tennis game was amazing. I, I wasn't done with my statement. Okay. The Mario sports games kind of dropped in quality about the same time the Wii Sports originally came out. Oh, yeah, because Wii Sports is amazing. Yeah, and if you actually look, they slowed down the release of Mario sports games around that time as well. You know what's also insane? Switch Sports. Yes, that thing that is also now finally coming out. Nintendo Switch Sports. That's insane. It's, it's insane it took them five years to be like, oh, hey, you know what was really successful on the Wii? Wii Sports. We yeah. should make a sequel to that. So a, a second sequel to there that. are a lot of people that are hype about that, which I understand. I'm vaguely excited for it. But I also have seen a lot of responses, which are like, it's taken them five fucking years to make this. And instead of like the original one, or I think even the resort came... Wii Sports came with the Wii. Wii Sports came with the Wii, and... Wii Sports Resorts came with a peripheral. Yeah. Like, I don't remember which one it was. I don't remember either, but they came with other things, and I've seen a lot of people that are upset. They're like, so it's been five years, and now it's also a full-price game. Well, not only is it a full-price game, but, like, in order to experience all of it, you need a piece of equipment from the... Yes and no. Yes and no. From the Ring... Ring Fit Adventures, yes and no. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have misinterpreted that from what they were saying in the Nintendo Direct, at least from what I saw and understood. That's only true if you get the digital copy. Apparently, just the little leg thing comes with the physical edition of it. Oh, that's cool. So if you get the digital copy, if you didn't already have it, you need to get the peripheral too. Yeah, but calling that like a peripheral is kind of bullshit because I can achieve the same effect with a fucking sweat banner on my leg. Oh, that's fair. It is just a little holster to slide it in. Speaking of, I still need to get Ring Fit Adventure. Same, it's just hard to fucking find a Ring Fit. I mean, they've been at Walmart pretty consistently recently oh damn yeah it's just neat and apparently it's actually a really great fucking game so it's wild it's an adventure action rpg that is also a fitness game yeah like whoever was behind this was a genius i wouldn't necessarily call them a genius i would just say they understand the idea of gamifying exercise which we've tried to do before but so many things fell because it's still exercise like oh yeah like there's that app uh, where it turns your jogs and runs into like you put in earbuds and like it plays zombie noises and look stuff. man i fucking loved playing dirt like the dirt racing games okay on an exercise bike modified with a controller on it that actually sounds cool as fuck where you don't have gas it's how fast you pedal it sounds rad as fuck yeah no that's just fun like it, gamifying exercise works i mean it's, we know it works DDR, and DDR ring fit was, just does it well ddr was like the hottest game for like a decade and a half so yeah and it's one of the most popular arcade games like and that's literally just gamifying fitness yes gamifying fitness works it's just um we made we fit yoga with the balance board which is not gamifying fucking anything <laughs> Well, there's also like the, the Nintendo DS um, fitness tracker game. Yeah. Well, we're talking about shitty ways to gamify fitness. Well, I don't really know if that one's trying to gamify fitness because it's just very much not a game in it. And the DS got a lot of weird things that weren't games. Yeah. Like, I know for a fact, I don't know if it ever made it to America, but there was a, like, makeup guide slash tutorial, like, thing that exists for my, it. My favorite is the DS internet yeah. card. The original DS couldn't connect to the internet without the, like, physical game cartridge to let you connect to the internet. 
Yeah, it's it's weird, man. Yeah. Nintendo's had a lot of weird things come out for con- for their consoles and handhelds, whether it be peripherals or games. Yeah. So, before we move off of video games entirely, uh, the Direct also had another Square Enix game on it. It did. I think we finally got the release date for Triangle Strategy. If you don't know, Triangle Strategy is a new role-playing game from Square Enix. It's a tactics RPG, similar to things like Final Fantasy Tactics, Disgaea. Octopath Traveler. Was Octopath Traveler a tactics RPG? I mean, Triangle Strategy is basically made by the same people who made Octopath Traveler, is my point. Yeah, I mean, yes, but like it's an entirely different genre of RPG. Yeah, yeah, I was just talking about the overall feel of the game. Because Octopath is a... Gener- is a I don't want to say generic. That game is very vastly not generic. Octopath Traveler is a traditional JRPG, whereas Triangle Strategy is a grid-based tactics RPG. Like Fire Emblem. I do like this trend, though, of Square Enix games being like, oh, hey, this was the project name. Yeah. And it got leaked. And people talk about it so much now, it just is the name. Because they had, they had another one that came out just before Voice of Cards, where you just dive through dungeons, floor yeah. after floor, and like that project name is the name of the game now. It's like, I don't know what it's called. No idea. Also announced that the Nintendo Direct, we're getting a new like remaster, remake. It doesn't appear to be too updated version of Live Alive. Oh yeah, I saw I saw the like cover art for that. And stuff. That a classic 90s Square Enix game with a giant following that was never officially released or translated for the Western audience. I knew I'd heard about it. What is Live Alive like? What type of game is that? Um, from my understanding, it's an RPG, but you play as different characters literally through time. Oh, that sounds fucking amazing. With like not super connections things between like it starts with like I know you play as a ninja at a point. You play as like a kid in the modern days, like the nineties at the time. There's the near future, the far future. Like you go through different eras and apparently it's legitimately a great game. I've only heard good things about it. I've never played it because obviously it was never released to a Western audience. Well, that's just another square next game that goes on my list. The game I was talking about though is called Dungeon Encounter. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but it's just yes. It's dungeon diving RPGs, but with like all the flavor removed. It's literally just the gameplay of dungeon diving, which is not necessarily for me. Voice of Cards is kind of the opposite of that. It's super flavor with gameplay minimized almost. Yeah. And Dungeon Encounters is the opposite, but like both ideas are incredibly intriguing. Yeah. Also, Mario Kart 8 is getting like 48 new courses. Eight at a time for like the next year or something. Yeah, something like that. Which is neat, I guess. No, actually, I'm in love with that, and I'm super pissed that they didn't do that with Mario Party. Yes, that's why I said it's neat, I guess. It annoys me about Mario Party. Well, you know what? Because they promised to support support Mario Party and then didn't do it at all. You know the difference is, right? Mario Kart 8's the, like the best-selling game for the Switch. I realize. Like it's upsetting. Speaking of games that weren't supported, I just finished my first like run through the Elite 4 and the Champion on Pokémon Shining Pearl, my first time playing a Sinnoh game. Yeah. And I beat Cynthia on my first try with underleveled Pokémon. I didn't even mean to go into the Elite 4. Joy-Con drift walked me right past into the hall into the Elite 4. So, that was an issue. 100% one-shot it. But you know what? Even after the game, I thought I'd finish the game and be able to like access stuff like i don't know the global wonders trade system yeah or like the coliseum or, or something no those features are still not in the game yeah that's fucking ridiculous Pokemon home is still not updated for brilliant diamond shining pearl yeah some other things though the direct mentioned Splatoon 3 is coming out and it looked not nearly as good as Splatoon 1 or 2 i have a serious question if Splatoon 3 is any version of an upgrade to Splatoon 2 how is the switch going to run it I don't know. Also, they focused on like big bosses showing up and everyone fighting on an island and like the music wasn't upbeat and kind of... You're telling me they took the things that we love about Splatoon and we're like, no, those don't matter anymore. Yeah, it was just weird. I need to go back and watch that trailer drop We're also getting a 
remaster of Chrono Cross. I didn't see that. I did see the new Xenoblade trailer. Yeah, but a cool thing about the Chrono Cross is it's also coming out with Radical Dreamers, which was a side story for the Satellaview, um, old peripheral for Nintendo stuff, which was a side story to Chrono Trigger. It just wasn't popularly played because it was on a peripheral only. Speaking of, we're also getting a proper Earthbound release on the Switch. Yeah. At least they're, they're porting the NES and SNES versions of the game to the virtual consoles, which is cool. Yep. And then a thing that I don't know if I'm actually excited for, but I'm very much intrigued by. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney Speedstorm, I think is what they called it. Disney's mm-hmm. new racing game. You mean Mickey Speedway 2? Mickey Mouse. No, there's already... Like, Mickey Mouse Speedway already has more than one game, bud. Okay, Mickey Mouse Speedway Switch? Yeah. Cool. I'm excited for that. Or you could just call it Mickey Mouse Speedstorm. But yeah, it, it has obviously making stuff in it. I think I saw Mulan at some point in the trailer for it. You know what vaguely upsets me? And I, I want to get into Xenoblade, so it's not like Xenoblade upsets me. But back in like 2010, 2011... Yeah. There was this project, Nintendo did it called Project Rainfall, where they translated and imported some original Japanese titles to the American audience. Yeah. There was three games in total. I don't remember the first one. The second one was the first Xenoblade, and the third one was Pandora's Tower. I just want them to give us an, either a, a new Pandora's Tower or a remaster or some type of support for that game because it's soaking good. Yeah, I've gone out of my way to get it for the Wii. It's an expensive game now, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, both, all three of the original Project Rainfall games are kind of expensive on secondary market. Yeah. I would assume Xenoblade's the cheapest because I think it's got a remaster already. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that's basically all from the uh, Nintendo Direct that I can think of that I wanted to talk about. Fair. So, my other topic that I had Mm -hmm. was Sniper Wolf or whatever his name is. Oh. But I don't actually want to get into that because that just, yeah. that, that just pissed me off the first time. And I don't want to dive into it this time. Also, we don't need to be a drama podcast. That's yeah. YouTube drama. We don't need that drama. It's just really like I don't want to go into super deep dive details, but it just it really upsets me. Like the the implications that he prescribed in his oh no definitely manifesto because that's what it was. Yes, to be honest. And like I hundred percent agree with like the idea that the, no the base idea of what he was getting at completely agreeable. However, he undercut himself on those sentiments multiple times. Horribly presented any facsimile of an argument, made ridiculous and wild claims to the degree that I don't give a fuck what his argument is. I just don't want to hear him talk. Look, if you if you're making a moral argument about an issue, you don't need to make two to three comparisons to slavery and at least the same number of rape comparisons. Like, just not necessary, not needed. Especially when like your entire argument is seems to be based on a moralistic standpoint, no legal standpoint. So if you're trying to, I don't know, preach about morals, maybe have some just as an overtone for the conversation his entire manifesto was about how react content isn't quality content and doesn't take effort and is essentially destroying content on the internet yeah which everything is react content to some degree i know what he meant but our podcast is react content yep we watch a show and then we tell you what we thought about it that's reacting yeah i I think his argument was really bad no it was a very bad argument anyways don't want to dive into that too much you know i do want to dive into wrestling I, I just have a couple quick hits that's all I, I, it's not even about AEW. It's the hilariousness of Shane McMahon being fired from Okay, okay, WWE. do it, do it. This this like, one actually amuses me. I am so, amused by it. So apparently at Royal Rumble, Bad Bunny, a rapper and musician, they had a TikTok trend earlier in the year. Mm. No, last year. Not because this is 2021. 2021. It was in 2021. Yeah, so they had a guest spot in the Royal Rumble, but like apparently they kept getting moved around on the card and stuff, and it was Shane McMahon's doing. He was the one booking that. And the higher-ups in the WWE Corporation were like, uh, we can't have like outside celebrities and stuff coming in here and having a negative experience 
because apparently Bad Bunny complained about the experience. And so they're like, ah, oh, Shane McMahon, you're fired. This is all your fault. Which is hilarious because he's literally the son of the guy that owns the company. Yeah. That said, he owns the WCW trademark. If you were watching wrestling in the 90s, he owns the WCW trademark. He bought that from his dad in like 2004, 2005. Yeah, after his and dad has, bought it from Ted Turner. And has specifically stated that now that he's no longer tied to WWE, he's going to restart WCW. Ah, this is... Yeah. You want to talk about making your own enemies. God damn it. And apparently from what you said before, in my understanding, it's not that Shane was moving this guy around on the card because he thought it'd be funny or he could. It was bad arrangement from everyone else running the show that he had to keep making changes to try to make things work the way they wanted it to. Yes. But because he got fucked over by everyone else actually running the event the one section of it he was responsible for kept getting screwed over so he did what he could to compensate instead of them admitting to fault they fired the guy who got fucked over dude it's it's so fucking hilarious like uh, in aew news keith lee and jay white premiered on aew recently that those are cool. wrestlers I mean, they're both really good I stand by my statement. Those are wrestlers. Yes. I'm simplifying for people out there who don't know wrestling. Yeah. Shane McMahon is the funniest thing that's happened in wrestling in a really long time. Yeah, I I agree. That legitimately amused me. You you know what's going to be crazy? If in like two or three years, we got WWE, WCW, and AEW all running at the same time. Because that's like peak 90s wrestling with WWF, WCW, and ECW all running at the same time. Like it's peak wrestling content in America. Having three different brands competing against each other. Because yeah. competition drives creativity and makes products better. No, that doesn't make sense. Capital doesn't tell me that's wrong. <sighs> yeah, that's what I had to say on that. Yeah, I thought that was amusing when you originally told me, and I still find it fucking hilarious. Yeah, uh, we're not worried about our competition at all. In fact, we're so not worried about our competition that uh, okay, we're going to make more. Hear, hear me out. Big Brain Conspiracy Time. They fired Shane because they knew he had interest in doing WCW, and the idea of him starting up WCW could potentially attract potential talent who would go to AEW away from AEW. And then they could sign a deal with him to buy WCW back and pull it back in and buy the contracts for all those wrestlers. I mean, even if they didn't, like, just no, pulling you, talent away from AEW. You could do that. Yeah, like... However, if that's super planned out... I mean, I'm pretty it, sure that uh. Well, that, no, like it, if they just fired him to make him. For no, no, I, I get you. I'm saying if my plan, if my idea was what it is. Yeah, yours is like borderline illegal. Yeah. Mine is, ha ha, look at us pull talent away from AEW by creating a third company. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, would be hilarious too. Okay, I'm, I'm done on wrestling. Sorry, I know this isn't a wrestling podcast. Nobody cares about wrestling except me. It's true, no one does. Literally nobody in the entire world. No. I'm so glad Tony Khan is making a product specifically for me. You got any other topics at all, man? I had another one, but I lost it somewhere in my brain. You know, like, That implies there's somewhere for it to get lost. Yeah, uh, it's just a bunch of catacombs up in here, dude. That's why I can't remember anything ever. It just is lost in its own little corner you know what i believe that <laughs> oh eternals 2 is gonna happen it's getting a sequel and Angel- oh, yeah. angelina jolie confirmed it in an interview don't know when that's happening because it hasn't been slated for phase yeah i yeah no idea man i was currently checking the email to see if we had anything we do have a request for a show i want to tackle it we're gonna do it for the march 2nd episode mainly because i want to tackle viewer requests when they, when they yeah, yeah i got you so we'll do that on march 2nd we'll send them a reply be like hey look what just came out <laughs> uh, sorry it took us so long to get to we have other shows slated in production order before that which is mostly true we don't necessarily slate shows but we have an idea of a specific like, thing we want to go on but like when we're looking at our most recent releases we're like hey we haven't done a long form show in a while we haven't done a comedy in a while we haven't touched an anime in a little bit 
So, like, we're not really, like, slating up episode by episode most of the time. Sometimes we are. We really had it laid out for, like, October through December last year. Yeah, because we very much have the spooky month blocked out every year because I like spooky month. And, and then December's pretty easy. And then November this year, like, we came across gunpowder. Well, we knew about it before, but we remembered gunpowder. Yeah. Before even last year, we just didn't know where we could watch it. Mm-hmm. And we were like, do we actually want to do a show that's only three episodes? And then coming around this year, we're like, yeah, it'll be fucking hilarious. Let's do it. Kid Harrington was very good on that show. It was a great show. Uh, yeah, so, like, when I say we have to block out shows, like, the, the show that we were talking about that has recently been requested is a four-panel. Is that what it's called? Uh, Yeah, I think it's based on a four-panel comic. So it's based on a four-panel manga. It's an anime. But that just means it's a bunch of tiny sketches, like Way of the House Husband was. Uh, I think we've done a couple others. Yeah. Uh, the Girl Who Talks in Poetry. Sinryu, Sinryu Girl. Sinryu Girl, yeah. It's kind of. Sinryu Girl, I think, if I remember correctly, was not exactly that. But yeah, like, yeah, that's kind of the idea here. And so, like, we haven't really hit an anime recently, so we do need a... So we, it is about time to roll another anime yeah. in. But we also haven't done an hour-long show in a while, so that's why we hit up um, Archive 81 last. And, yeah, so... I'm not going to, like, sometimes we slate stuff out in advance. Sometimes we know certain shows are coming out, and we're just like, oh, shit, that's really close to one of our release dates, though. I guess we'll push and watch this episode and try to get done as soon as possible. Yeah, we were looking at doing that for... Peacemaker or Book of Boba Fett, one of the two, and then we're just like, nah. The issue with Book of Boba Fett is that it's Star Wars. And if you listen to our thing about the prequels, while we don't dislike all of Star Wars as much as we dislike the prequels. I hate Star Wars. Oh, no, no. I was clarifying that the prequels probably gets the most hate for a lot of it, besides the Legends, which is dumb bullshit. Not huge Star Wars fans. They are our fun popcorn movies, not fun things for me to enjoy or review. Okay, yeah. Saying I hate Star Wars is a little strong. Like, it's a little heavy-handed. I have a love-hate relationship with Star Wars. I hate all of Star Wars fandom. I hate yeah. quite a bit of the media. I don't like most of the extended universe. Uh, most of Star Wars is just stupid bullshit. But it's got some cool stuff going on. And like the video, some of the video games are cool. And The like, Clone Wars cartoon is fantastic. Yeah. So the Mandalorian ha- show is actually really good. Really, I like the not mainline movies, but still canon things. Dude, Rogue One was so good. You know, Rogue One was fantastic. Best Star Wars movie, hands down. I loved it. Okay, not best Star Wars movie. Second best Star Wars movie. Empire is still the best. Yeah, Empire is fantastic. Empire's on a pedestal. Rogue One's right next to it in second place. Yeah. I love that Rogue One is so divisive. Like, nobody. <laughs> Right. nobody's like nah rogue one was like a movie everyone's like rogue one was so terrible oh my god where they're like no rogue one was so good guys what what are you not seeing yeah. here i love how fucking divisive it is look at any point if you want to complain to me about something in star wars not making sense with one of the previous movies i will refer you to any other episode of star wars and the one right before or after it because star wars has continuity issues throughout its existence yeah. It's a thing they are good at. I don't know if you want to be good at that, though, but they are. Yeah, so... It doesn't then, mean they're not good movies. And they're still as, enjoyable. And as far as Peacemaker went, I still haven't started it. So I'm, I'm very afraid that Peacemaker is not going to be good. And not, like, just not good. Like, if it was just bad, I could handle that. But I'm very afraid it's going to be very, like... I don't know how to put it. Boomery? I think it'll be fine, because it is James Gunn-style humor and everything. From yeah, what it's I heard. James Gunn and John Cena. Like, yeah. From everything I heard, it's very much James, James Gunn humor with... From what I've heard, almost... Edgar Wright, like, tightness to its scripting and dialogue. So, like, like, how tight the back and forth and the witticism in the play is. I'm sure it's good. I'm just scared of it not being good. I think it's very much more likely that any boomerism, as you so eloquently put it, would be more interpretive or derived from the viewing audience, basically 
boomers watching and being like, oh yeah, I completely agree with this guy. And not getting the fact that Peacemaker is a piece of shit. He's a villain, guys. He's literally a villain. Yeah, but I'm not sure if anyone's ever noticed this. People are really bad about, I don't know, obsessing over the villains in bad, unhealthy ways from superhero media. Like, yeah. I get it. There are good villains that are enjoyable. I don't think there's any villain I can actually think of from any source where I just go, I relate to this character so hard. This character's fucking amazing. Man, I fucking wish I was this character. I'm just like, there are some redeeming points to this character, maybe. But also, I understand why this character was written and what they represent. Like, the people that fucking idolized the comedian it, from Watchmen, you don't understand Watchmen, and Alan Moore hates you. Is, is I'm the, not even, like... Is Lelouch the villain? Yes, I know. And the, I don't idolize Lelouch. I think he's a good character. But I would never want to, I don't know, be friends with him. I don't think Lelouch has friends. No, he has tools and pawns. But like, I was thinking, like, I think for, like, God, I'm the weeb. Uh, I, I do I do want to clarify something here, though. When I said Alan Moore hates you, that wasn't me putting words in his mouth. He has equivocally said that in interviews when people talked about it, because he's like, people just don't seem to understand what I wrote Watchmen about. It was a parody and satire of superhero media. I don't like how people have interpreted these characters. Well, it's like Marvel. And he legitimately asked to not get any of the money from the Watchmen movies. He was like, I don't want to be involved with that. Well, it's like Marvel and, like, Punisher. And, like, they've sort of had Punisher be like, hey, cops no he has gone out of his way to kill cops the, the fact that thin blue line people and police have like latched onto punisher as an icon is really fucked up because punisher kills people without evidence that they're actually guilty of anything yeah frank castle notoriously hates cops frank castle notoriously an actual fucking murderer yeah i mean i guess cops are too mm-hmm. i want to end the podcast on that note but at the same time i had something more to say yeah anime oh yeah like i was thinking like villains that i sympathize with or who i like legitimately like as people are mainly anime protagonists like light and lelouch and even then light goes off the rocker no like so fucked fast. up he's not a good he, person he was right until he let his ego get involved yeah and lelouch is just like what lelouch is doing is right he's trying to, to free a subjugated class of people i mean he's actually trying to unite an entire world yeah but he's also using war to do that and mm-hmm. killing countless people in the process so like me, 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 little left little mm-hmm. right but i mean i don't know the dichotomy of characters makes them entertaining and good also circling back to peacemaker i think another part of the reason why i'm hesitant to watch it is because i'm hesitant to do anything with live action dc like, <laughs> yeah if it hadn't been for our friends coming down to visit i mean like hey you guys want to watch suicide squad would have never watched it i probably would have like just watched it in like the last like three or four weeks maybe because i wouldn't have watched it six months ago when it came out no definitely would not just because dc has really lost all their goodwill with me except for the batman robert pattinson can't ruin anything god damn it look man i know bruce tim has made some mistakes by which i mean the animated killing joke and some of the things he did in the animated series uh, <clears throat> everything involving barbara and batman their relationship not the characters themselves mm-hmm. but just ask bruce tim how you fucking make a dc movie please <laughs> He oversees your animation stuff so much for a reason. Just, just, just ask him how you make a movie. DC's animated stuff is consistently amazing. Yeah, just ask Bruce Tim how you make a movie. You were showing me like they weren't full episodes or anything. They weren't. Sh- they were DC they, showcases. Showcase. That's what it's called. DC showcases. They're so good. The for, Spectre showcase. Yeah, you, for people that don't know, DC showcases are basically you can find them on like HBO Max as like a full movie, but it's generally three to four stories about a comic book character. What it's really like? Is not like, all. Not all of them are directly from the comics like Mm -hmm. comic adaptations they are here's this here's the comic book character here's this original animated story 
It's very similar, like, in the 90s when you would go to, like, Walmart or something and they'd have, like, a animated four-pack of superhero stuff. Like, it'd have, like, a Superman cartoon on it and a Batman thing. And, like, they were all, like, 40-minute mm-hmm. run times, like, mini-movies. Yeah. It's like that, except good. Yeah. The... Because in the 90s, those were very camp. Like, yeah. I, sure. like honestly, the best one, in my opinion, is Neil Gaiman's death showcase that they have. The Spectre is really fucking close. Adam Strange is fucking fantastic. The Spectre one was so good. And so mm-hmm. was the um Stranger or... The Phantom Stranger? The Phantom, Phantom Stranger. Stranger. Yeah, like, yeah, that was so good do no they do fantastic work on their animated stuff just ask your animated studios how they make movies by which i mean the writing because i can stand for like some subpar camera work i guess but ask them how to write movies i get it you can't adapt everything the same way but i don't know characterization should uh translate pretty well let's be honest here it's not that like dc's had bad actors or anything yeah they've had brilliant casting like the cast definitely casts have all been very strong it's a consistent lack of like good direction and good writing and in the case of justice league was definitely like some butchering by joss whedon yeah some i wouldn't say it was joss whedon butchering i was seeing i would say it was the transition of directors mid-production like, yeah. I feel like that would hurt most films. True. Especially when they, when jo- when they got Joss Whedon, they were probably like, hey, can you Joss this up for us? Yeah, because and he did that. And because it- that's what they did with Suicide Squad. They didn't even bring Joss Whedon in for that. But like, if you watch the original cuts of the Suicide Squad trailer, like the first Suicide Squad, the really bad one, like <laughs> that movie was a much darker tonal movie than what we got. And that's because at some point in the editing process, they stopped themselves. And went, what if we Joss this up a little bit? So obviously, I assume you know a lot of people just like Joss Whedon. Oh yeah, he's, a, shit. he's kind of a piece of shit. I'm glad Firefly only got one season. Mm-hmm. And But I think that I... So think of all these Snyder fanboys. Mm-hmm. My thing is, both these directors are pieces of shit if you know anything about them. Yeah. Snyder so- is extremely, extremely right-wing, has done some really also bad shit. Joss Whedon treats other people horribly. Joss Whedon's also a piece of shit. Neither of them are good people. I don't want to see someone who's like, Joss Whedon's the greatest fucking director ever. Arguing with another person who's like, Zack Snyder's the greatest fucking person ever. And I'm just like, no, they're both shit people. They make entertainment. Why are you... S- why are you so obsessed with them? They're bad people. So, because I know it's going to be a... If you don't know Jaws Whedon, I know it was a crazy take for me to say, I'm glad Firefly only got one season, because that sounds like a crazy take. Firefly was very good. Firefly's fantastic. We have the first season, the only season, but in physical format. First thing I need to say is, if you haven't watched the movie Serenity, that was Joss Whedon's overarching plan of where to go with the series. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. So... I'd argue the overarching idea wasn't terrible, I think. Trying to put it all down into one movie was very bad, but I also don't think it was great, either. But that's not that's not the reason why I'm glad I only got one season. If you remember early on in Firefly, there's a scene where they come across a ship that they think is... Reavers. Reavers. At the, yeah, the Outer Space Madman. And in this scene, they're all getting ready for battle. And Malcolm, Mal Reynolds, what's his... What's Played his by Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion's character locks Amara in her room and tells her to get ready. And when she does, she pulls out this wooden box. And she opens it up. And it's got a hypodermic needle and something in it. We don't, we don't, we never find out what it is in the show. Yeah. And I will tell you, I thought it was just like, oh, I'm going to suicide myself and instead of get raped because Inara mm-hmm. is a prostitute. She, yeah. They call her a diplomat and like mm-hmm. you have to have a prostitute on your ship to get into certain ports. It makes getting it easier. You don't yeah. have to have them. It just makes it a lot easier. But she's a prostitute. And I was like, oh yeah, it makes sense because Reavers specifically were described as like mutilating you, eating you, and raping you and not necessarily in that order. Yeah. And I totally understand rather being dead than having that happen to you. Like, yeah. Any, reg- any of those three reg- things. Regardless of who you are, I would rather be dead than have any of that happen to me. So that's what I thought it was. I thought it was just, oh, it kills me. The logical me. conclusion, yeah. Yeah. That's not what it does. Do you know what? The, the, no. Okay, cool. This is straight from Joss Whedon's fucking 
fucking mouth too. The idea was that a reaver ship would eventually attack them or Nar would get kidnapped mm-hmm. by reavers and she would inject herself with this. And they would all take turns on her and then they would all die because whatever it is kills whoever has sex with her. That's fucking... And then, then Mal Reynolds, who's been a dick to her this entire time because she, yeah. she, she's a woman that controls her sexuality and uses it as a weapon, would then rescue her and be like, it's okay, I love you, after seeing her broken down like this. That's fucking like, he horrible. Can only, he can only admit his love for her character. When she's weakened and needs something and, and, oh. has, to, and has to rely upon someone else. Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, what uh, are you doing? Back to a better, better note. So the, just for example, DC Showcase, like I said, characterization, I think you should be able to take. Like, is, can you think of anything from that Spectre showcase that you watched that couldn't be done in film? No, that's like, that's the first thing I thought of. But like, here's the thing about Spectre. As much as I love the Spectre and he's one of my favorite oh God, no, no, no. of all time. I know he does not translate well because he's not popular enough. Yeah. It, 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 but, like, but what I'm talking about is... It'd be like, like there's that, there was that movie in the mid-2000s, The Spirit. Yeah. Super good movie. Did not do well in theaters because nobody knows who the spirit is, and also because comic movies haven't really la- hadn't really launched yet. Good movie. I don't know about super good, especially if we're talking about source material. Okay, so it was when it came out. It may have been the best superhero movie that had ever been made. Was Darkman out yet or not? Uh, I think Darkman came out after before okay. it. Before it, Darkman came out before it. I think I like Darkman a bit more than I like the okay. spirit. I also don't know if Iron Man was out before it or not. If Iron Man was out for it, Iron Man was obviously the better superhero yeah. movie because Iron Man, Iron Man. But yeah, no, like I was just referring to the fact that there's a lot you could do with DC just by characterization. Oh yeah, 100%. And, I don't know, writing characters correctly. I think obviously DC's biggest issue making movies, the DC Extended Universe as it's called, their biggest issue was being like, we have to catch up with Marvel. Yeah, or we have to hit what everyone's really craving at the moment in modern movies. And it's just like that that's that's not how you do it you're always going to be playing catch up to what people want and you clearly can't do that in dc you've tried multiple times and have failed horribly yeah i'm so excited about the batman though yeah yeah it looks pretty good super excited about the batman it looks pretty good the new batman movie the batman feels tonally similar to gotham season one and two which i loved like tonally the movie pretty good yeah feels similar to gotham and i'm down for that Okay, I get that. However, I think the Gotham television shows definitely had a more camp than you will see. Yeah, it definitely had more camp, but I also think the show is just, in general, one of the, not the best adaptation. I think the Arrowverse actually did a hell of a good job of building DC around it, but Arrow was just Batman, so. Yeah. Anyways, anything else, or are you good to wrap this sucker up? I'm good. This turned much more into stuff about DC than I thought it would, but yeah. Yeah, there was a lot longer anime talk, too. Anyways, I'm Josh. He's Justice. Hi. Thank you for joining us in the cockpit. Oh, shit. Goodbye. That's the one I wanted. If you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us on our email at copilotsreview at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at copilotsreview. Or you can find us on our website at copilotsreview.simplecast.com, which also has the link to our Twitter, uh, the aforementioned, the aforementioned Gmail account, and our Discord, where you can come hang out, talk about your favorite animes, movies, your takes on DC's properties, why I should watch Peacemaker already, because it's already been out for like a month, and why you're super excited for the next phase of Marvel when we get Young Avengers, because I am super excited. Or maybe whatever Nintendo Direct game you're really looking forward to, or just game in general. Yeah, so hit us up, join the Discord, hang out. Sometimes we do sneaky movie nights in there. True, we've done it before. But anyways, hopefully we catch you on the next flight.